Hello, this is Dr. Nisha Ramadi, and this is the Purple Psychology Podcast. This is episode 111. Not sure how I got to that many episodes. So I already recorded um, a podcast yesterday for adults on how to survive self-isolation and how to suddenly become experts at working at home. The funny part is I've worked with teens for years who've chosen to self-isolate, um, who've dropped out and spent years in their bedrooms. And we've been educating them online and helping them to feel that they're good at things and that they're not really the freak in the room and make their way back to society. In many ways, the rest of the planet's now catching up with them. But I wanted to try and create just some simple tips um, for teenagers on how to cope with the fact that there's been such an upheaval and that suddenly everybody's at home, everybody's in everybody else's space. How you can feel as if you've got um, a role in that to play um, that's actually positive rather than just feeling like a nuisance and also in a way that you don't just feel like you're just locked in your bedroom. The first part I will say is that social media at the moment is really toxic um, it's very easy to become really stressed reading social media and news. I've probably read more social media and news in the last few months between the election here in Ireland, the US primaries that I've been interested in and now the virus outbreak, watching it um, unfold across the world. In one sense, I've done that because I enjoy the social study aspect of it, and I'm very interested on in how different cultures have reacted to different scenarios and reading the comments and so on. But even I began to feel like as if I was draining in negativity. So you need to be really careful with what you're reading every day and how much it's seeping in, um, and similarly with news. Don't be afraid to mute people if they're just too much, if, if, if you just feel like it's constant stress. I do realise that there's a lot of really positive stories on social media at the moment and people are sharing really funny memes. And so if you can balance it out and make your feed look like it's, it's entertainment for you opposed to anxiety and stress, but it's up to you to take control of that. Personally, I always find that Instagram is a much more positive space than, say, Facebook is. Don't get into the habit of just texting um, and messaging um, and Snapchatting. Try to set up some physical contact, face-to-face -face contact with people in the sense of doing that online. It's a very different to have a conversation with somebody via text message. Um, there's a lot of room for misinterpretation as well. And also, you can kind of find yourself in a situation, and I have found this over the last week, where you're having three conversations at once where I've, I've had all sorts of people messaging me. And there's times where I've really felt like I'd quite happily have taken my phone and just chucked it in the sea because it, it just got too much. I felt completely bombarded. But besides that, it's not really the same as sitting face-to-face -face with somebody and actually having a laugh. And if you are used to being in school, and most people are extroverts and they're used to having a certain amount of feedback and conversation with people, so it's not it, you're not getting the same feedback and the same response from people by just texting them. Um, whereas if you go to FaceTime or Skype or any of the other platforms, also Facebook Messenger I use a lot throughout the world, you can have a face-to-face -face laugh with somebody and sit down, you know, and it's, it's a different experience and you'll put down the phone or the computer and feel like you've actually had contact time with somebody opposed to you could text somebody for hours and it won't give you that sense um, within yourself. Um, I think it's good to set realistic goals in terms of study. <laughs> um, 
you know, you can't sort of say, oh, I'm going to study the whole geography course today, right? You have to say something achievable so that you get up and you say, right, I'm going to do this today, and at the end of the day, feel I did X. And I think it's really important that you shouldn't work 24-7, that you shouldn't carry around guilt when you're not working, that suddenly, you know, you're not spending the same sort of time outside of the house as you usually do. Um, if you're lucky enough to be able to still go for a walk, please do. Or even if you can go in, out into the garden, if you've got like a basketball hoop or a football or something, um, it's really important to do that as well. And there's a huge amount of apps and online and YouTube videos for yoga and all sorts of things. You do need to do some exercise and you do need to spend a certain amount of time studying realistically and a certain amount of time actually off. And when you're off, not feeling bad about the fact that you're not studying, because there's no point in being off and carrying around, oh, I should, should have done this. I think it's really important to have create your space for it to be a study space, a workspace, a relaxation space, and a sleep space. So when you're not studying, um, if at all possible, if, if it's feasible in the house, and I, I realize that everybody's now working at home, so it may not be, I always suggest that it's better to not study and work in your bedroom. If you do have to do that, put your books away, put your notebooks away, make everything go somewhere where you don't have to look at it, even if you have to stack it up underneath your bedroom, um, your, your, your bed in the room in order to achieve that, please do. So that you go from it being a study space and a workspace to whatever you do to relax and do change it, do put on music or what, whatever else. Um, it takes for it to become a relaxing space for you if you are the sort of person who likes to read with music in the background or whatever way it is. And then create as much of a clear space as you can so that you sleep well in it. Try not to get into a habit of watching 10 episodes of a box set or Netflix um, before bed because the reality is, is you just won't sleep very well. If you do watch a certain amount of television or use a certain amount of screen time, try to just read a book for 10 minutes um, or listen to some music or listen to some audio so that you do have a restful sleep. The situation you don't want to get into in this is that, well, teenagers naturally do get up slightly earlier in the day um, because we, we do tend to switch off slightly later. And this is part of the, the arguments that people have um, with, with teenagers. And I'm always kind of defending teens to parents because you do switch off slightly later in your teenage years and it does take you slightly longer to do that. And as a result, you don't wake up quite as early in the morning. But what you don't want to do is be up till two or three o'clock um, at night and then not get up till midday the following day it's guaranteed that there's going to be a narc in the house if nothing else but also you're really limiting the amount of time that you can spend outside at the moment and get sunlight which will naturally take you into a kind of a spiral and a vortex so try to switch off technology by sort of 12 o'clock at night so you do get some sleep and then you do get up not too late in the mornings but I am realistic. I don't expect all teens to bounce out of bed at seven o'clock in the morning. One of the, the last things I'll say is that it's really important for everybody in a household to have a role and have a purpose. And at the moment, 
the reality is is that the, the adults in your world and the parents do have a lot of worries that they're probably not sharing with you. They're probably financial worries. They're worries about more vulnerable people being sick. They may even worry that they, they're sick themselves or that they've had contact to other people that are sick. You're probably not being told the full story. I do. I, it's, it's not a parenting style that I promote that there's a distance between the parent and the child. But the reality is, is that a lot of parents naturally do this, right? So everybody reacts differently to stress and more than likely they are going to bite your head off. And similarly, you're going to lash out at times too because you're just confined. There's just too many people in people's space. So it doesn't really matter what happens as long as you can go back and say sorry. And I would really encourage people to do that and to not take it personally and to understand that everybody does react to stress. So it's really important that if there are blow-ups, that you let them go and you don't carry them and you don't fester them. But one of the ways around that is for you to feel like there's things that you can do in the house. And you do have a skill set that your parents don't have. They're used to having an IT department to, to pick up the phone and answer all their stupid questions. You are that IT guru more than likely. You have much, you're much more tech savvy than your parents are. So you, you do have the facilities there to help them. You also have the facilities to find a lot more information online, to find a lot more resources online, to show them how podcasts work because they probably don't know. And all the information that's out there wildly available when you suddenly find that you're trapped in an environment. And I've joked over the weekend that this is so much easier than the time I spent at sea in the North Atlantic because you do more than likely have internet access. Whereas I didn't even have that. I, I had um, emails come in to the ship once in the morning and at the weekends um, we only got them once a day, whereas during the week we got once in the morning, once in the evening, and then at the weekend we got to look forward to, we got one message at the weekends. So it was a really grim environment, um, and there was no access to you know music, new books to read, um, new audio, podcasts, just the world that's, that's available to people. But also recipes online, like you are more than likely quite strategic-minded, um, um, you've got um, fridges of food and, and larger presses, hopefully, at this stage. And you have the ability to sit down and start to search online, you know, what can we do with this? What can we make? And make suggestions for meals and how the food can be best used, using it in order so it doesn't go off. You know, you, you, there's a lot that you can do to be part of things and a lot of information that you can find to help at the moment that they're maybe not so good at helping to find for themselves. Like, for instance, one of the websites that I really love using for cooking is, a, is, is simply BBC Food. There's a fantastic array of recipes there to use that are very simple to use. Um, and similarly, there's, um, I think it's Delia Smith's one that you can type in the ingredients that you have and come up with suggestions of what can I do with these, right? So, and you'll, you'll know others yourself when you start to search for them. Um, role that you can play is that if you do have younger siblings, rather than just letting them irritate you, if you ignore them, they'll probably start to bounce off the walls. Then everybody will get frustrated. It, rather than letting that happen, try to do an intervention and actually set up time to play together so that you don't just get on each other's nerves. You're actually doing something constructive together. So even card games, again, you can search for cool card games online that maybe you don't all know how to play. Um, if, you do, if you are lucky enough to have board games to play together. Similarly, if you just type in into Google, you know, parlor games, you can suggest fun things to do in the evenings. You could perhaps even read a book to one of your younger siblings before they go to bed. So 
rather than everybody just getting irritated by the fact that everybody's in the one space, try to find things to do because it'll pass the time for you as well and you'll find it fun and you won't be worrying about whatever study you're supposed to be doing. So achievable study goals, don't try to sit down and do the whole course, try to support your family, try not to take everything personally, try to book in face-to-face online sessions with people so that you are getting some proper contact rather than just texting people. And a really simple one at the moment is to just think of three things um, either at the start or the end of every day that you're grateful for. And there is a lot to be grateful for. There's a lot of things going, oh, I don't have this, I don't have that. But if you do do the mindset space of, well, I have these three things, you know, we have food, I have this stuff to play with, um, we're all safe at the moment. One other thing you could do is to actually keep a blog at the moment. Like these are really surreal weird times that most people have never lived through. You have opinions on that and a lot to say and a lot to think and it is a really good idea to write just for your own record but also for others out there to read as well. So I hope that's helped. Take care.